Mr. Mr. Tell me whatever you need. Anything where your range, even climate could change. You ain't never had a friend like me. Hi guys, welcome to episode 8 of Countering Climate Change. I'm your co-host Naomi Flowers. And I'm your other co-host Alina Garib. So today we'll be talking about a dark topic, as are most topics that relate to um, the climate change issue, and this is about racism in the climate movement itself. Right, so as we've talked about many times before, um, minorities and people of color are most harm harmed by the climate crisis and they're often not given the voices that they need to help solve this issue and in the u.s minorities employed on boards of environmental organizations do not usually exceed 17 percent 16 percent my bad and it's the whitewashing of these climate movements that suppress these uh, people of color's voices in these movements and don't account for the historical contributions of grassroots movements and people of color are being rewritten by larger, predominantly white climate organizations, such as the Extinction, Extinction Rebellion, which is one of them that has been called out multiple times for their whitewashing of their climate movement. And part of that is because the movement has an emphasis on like civil disobedience in which they're not recognizing like their privilege to be able to like just publicly be civil dis disobedient and right. as people of color are more often targeted by the police. And although they've made statements regarding their desire to increase diversity in their movement, it's still an example of whitewashed climate movements and that their privilege needs to be recognized in the movement and elevate people of color's voices instead of white voices. Right. I feel like too often um, black, indigenous, Latinx, and other people of color or marginalized people um, are accepted, actually, in the climate movement, but they're accepted as, um, you know, token diversity or as victims of the climate movement. And yes, that often is what we are, um, but we're more than just that. We're also the leaders. We're also the peacemakers. We're also the ones with the solutions. We're also the ones that can be active and vocal, and we're not uplifted to do that. Um, and that's not to say that people aren't out there being at the front of many movements because of the sheer like passion in many of these people, but... Um, they often get drowned out and accepted by media even. Um, and one example of media failing to recognize people of color is someone named Tani Nauschen, and she was excluded from a Greenpeace publication um, in Germany, despite being one of the most active participants in the protest, which were only eight people, and they had eight images in the publication, yet she wasn't in those pictures, even though she was in many, many pictures. And this seems like a small example, but this is just one of the microaggressions, if it even is a microaggression, it's honestly larger than that, because it represents so much. But that's just one small example of how um, people of color are just left out of the movement and aren't put at the forefront. Um, so even though she was out there being one of the most vocal and one of the most active and out there in the movement, other people who weren't out there don't get to see her representation and aren't as inspired. And that's just one of one of the many failures of the climate movement to include voices of color. Right. And the climate movement is really suffering from not including voices of color. Um, Suzanne Dalluwal, I'm sorry, I'm so bad at saying names, <laughs> but she's a climate justice campaigner that started um, that. And um, she stated that media reports such as praising like Greta Thunberg as if she invented climate change erases a lot of like the work that other corporate that people are doing to fight against 
corporations and banks and climate literacy and it's yeah. just been being washed out and although we can look up to these figures of climate change who use their platform for good it's also like important to recognize the regional contribu contributions and the efforts of a collective rather than one central figure she's also a ceo of a climate change organization and she says that she doesn't receive a living wage for her work and um why like white large white led climate movements like the extinction rebellion we talked about earlier draw on like extensive funds so they're not like all the donations that they get and stuff and this kind of further cycles the inability for marginalized groups to get the help they need as the organizations that focus on providing these groups around the world aid are not even equipped with the funds necessary to provide them with that relief yeah and what that reminds me of is honestly this uh debate that kind of has sparked even larger among people on the um far left as in like leftists and marxists and things like that they have this argument that a lot of people are so obsessed with the reading theory and doing their research yet don't go out and do things like mutual aid um and i, I feel like that's a good parallel to just show how people oftentimes don't put in the actual work and actually help out the communities that need help they instead basically build up their own white savior complex um which is essentially what the white climate movement is it's a white savior complex and views people as victims rather than again the solution makers um not only is it just innately unjust to those people but it's also unjust to the entire climate movement as a whole um because it's a very real weakness in the movement so one example out of thousands of the very real impact of this issue is the dark side of oil lobbying so in 2020 chevron's name which is a gasoline company um, was accidentally included at the bottom of a PR push, which was accusing white climate activists of hurting black communities by promoting um, radical climate policies. So these oil lobbying groups are going to use the racism and the, you know, um, broken apart factors of the climate movement to use it against us so that they can keep on having these fossil fuel jobs in the fossil fuel industry. Um, so we need solidarity with all people and we need to push diversity to the forefront and not for show, um, but so that represent representation is actually there of not only people that are working for it, but their solutions because they have a different perspective. They have different mindsets and um, they were raised differently and have different qualities to bring out. So diversity is so important, not just in race either. Um, although we are talking about racial injustice in the climate movement, there's also injustices against people who are disabled, queer voices, so much more, classism, um, which is all interconnected, but yeah. Right, and uh, I have a quote, I found a quote that really relates to that. It says, um, having a voice in there is very important because if you don't have that represent, wait, sorry, having a voice in there is very important because if you don't have that representation, you will not have a whole view of the difficulties that are being faced, which is basically saying like, you need to have representation like you can have a voice in these issues but if you don't have representation from everybody you're not having a full view of the struggles of everyone mm -hmm. and i also like what she said about um leftists saying that reading theory is like developing white savior complex because you're right like you can educate yourself but the most efficient way of tackling these issues is like spreading that education to everybody right. and of course like this is also an example if you're listening to this podcast or if you do your own research you need to do that and that, that is an essential step but until you apply that there really is no purpose you need to be proactively fighting against climate change and if you're fighting against climate change then you cannot ignore racial economic and social injustice it is all connected 
So, again, like you mentioned earlier, while, um, you know, the white people in Extinction Rebellion are fighting against climate justice by civil disobedience and by provoking the police, which is all good and dandy, but they fail to recognize that black people, indigenous people, other people of color cannot take off their skin color. They can't take off the discrimination that they continuously face. The fear and anxieties that they have to face are completely different than white people. So it's always there and that's why we always need the representation that needs to be actively in part a part of the climate movement and it's just inherently hypocritical to preach about the interconnectedness of nature and humanity while basically failing to do something about racial economic political injustices they all need to be included in your work and I have um, one instance of kind of policymaking in relation to both climate change and race. Mm-hmm. Um, so in California, they designed like a scheme to attempt to reduce carbon emissions by making companies pay for carbon credits. But this basically just ended up in concentrating polluting industries near communities of color. And then the money that was raised from this um, scheme was supposed to go towards like California's clean energy transition and also sharing the funds with like affordable housing and clean water in the state's most vulnerable communities, which sounds like a great plan, but in a sense it's kind of just trading health for money and is another example of um, reactionary movements in right. which you're not like actually solving it, you're just creating a program which is just fueling another issue yep. and it's not actually helping. Yeah, I like that drawback to something I talked about yeah. in the <laughs> past episode. Um, but yeah, so you know, uh, direct examples of the linkages between environmental justice and racial justice is that in the U.S. itself, um, disproportionate percentages of people of color live in places that are polluted by toxic waste. Um, and obviously that leads to negative health effects like asthma, cancer, and so much more. Um, and research has highlighted that race has a stronger influence on exposure to pollutants than poverty, actually. Um, so this means that it's likely that polluters not only cite their activities in low-income areas, but in some cases are actively selecting locations where there are people of color and high percentages of black people in particular. Um, And again, climate change and public health is so interconnected and climate change intensifies the health impacts of pollution in these communities. So for example, higher air temperatures due to global warming traps air pollutants close to to the ground, which further reduces air quality and exacerbates existing health issues. So, a recent study of 32 million U.S. births found that women exposed to high temperatures or air pollution are more likely to have premature, underweight, or stillborn babies, and that black mothers, out of all that, are most affected. So, not only are black mothers, um, as I'm sure you all have heard, uh, disproportionately, you know, dealt with in the hospital, like, they don't believe the amount of pain that they're in and tend to give them less uh, medicine than white people get, or, um, for example, there's not much much research in uh, how certain skin diseases impact black people um, and they fail to diagnose some people. So not only that, but also the pollution due to climate change causes more deaths of babies and even of black mothers um, in these hospitals. So it's so interconnected and these issues are all linked. So again, if we fail to recognize that, there's really no point in the climate movement um, because it won't help the people that need the help. Right, and if that doesn't make you realize the severity and how deep this issue goes, like, I don't know what will, because that's heartbreaking. Yep. Um, And earlier you were talking about how uh, Greta Thunberg is often praised for being the face of the movement. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I uh, very much like her because she 
um, one of her biggest things is that she's saying, I'm not supposed to be up here. I'm not the one with the facts. I'm just telling you it's horrible that I am up here and that there are other people up here, right? right. So Greta Thunberg herself is someone that can be celebrated. Um, however, a specific example that I researched is someone named Vanessa Nikate. Um, she was striking alone in front of the Parliament of Uganda for months, yet she was never talked about, um, but Greta Thunberg was, because that was more acceptable for people to understand and for people to relate more to the climate movement somehow. Um, and also, not many people know that she founded two movements for youth in the African continent as a whole. Um, yet she's still referred to in some newspapers as the girl who's cropped out of a picture with Greta Thunberg because that happened, right? But people don't talk about things like the Associated Press or other uh, news publications as uh, the news source that is racist, right? They use their name and they use their identity and they recognize who they are, yet they don't recognize black people, uh, BIPOC people. It never happens and that is such a huge failure. 100% and it's really like we can't and it's really like about coverage in the media like you said like Greta Thunberg is just over oversaturated in the media without yeah. elevating people who are doing so much in other places right um I this one student who is the vice president of society who's in the vice president of the National Union of Students brings up how global communities have been the victims of like land exploitations, poisoning and the dumping of toxic waste and climate catastrophes for years and like these wider environmental movements with that are they choose to like focus on things like penguins and polar bears instead of mm -hmm. like focusing on the communities that are directly impacted by climate change kind of sending the message that like those communities are not as important even though like they share these catastrophes with the rest of the world that we don't get to see and like these widespread like white-led climate movements really have to bring to attention to the issues that are happening otherwise they're not gonna get the attention that they need right i don't know how many times i've heard people who are so-called climate activists push for people to get reusable straws but never hear a word a peep about protecting black lives um, in terms of the climate change movement at all. And it, it can be even bigger than that, but that's all I ask for. Yet so many people are just solely talking about solar panels or again, polar bears and penguins. Yeah. They've been saved. <laughs> like they literally, so much work has been put into it. Um, and it is a continuous issue and we do still need to look at that. But many people fail to look at the actual deep issues that hit people like them because they look at the differences more than the similarities but the reality is we're all part of the human race um and instead they look at the easy solutions the solar right. panels um which are becoming even cheaper now which is amazing but it's like that issue is being met and it's being faced and it's being combated and there's still so much em emphasis on little things like that that have no weight in the real issue and then the grand scheme of things. And the fact that those issues are getting attention and are like being worked on shows that like you're making a difference and you can elevate voices of Yeah, because it's color, worked before. Right? And I honestly don't know what the fear is. I think it's honestly a fear of facing white privilege and economic privilege because although there's so much work to be done in every person, um, personally, I try so hard every single day actively, not saying that I've done it, but I actively try every single day 
um, to recognize my privileges and to learn how I can use those and to learn about other people's disadvantages. And so many people don't do that. And I feel like that is the bare minimum. Like there's so much more I could be doing and everybody else. Um, and that's just where my my confusion lies. And it's okay to have confusion because I have yeah. so much still, um, mainly about like moral questions, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not hard to try. Um, and that's all you have to do is to try. It's hard to get things done, but it's not hard to try right. to get any closer. So the effort needs to be there. Yep. Um, if you, if anyone wants to know some ways that you can try to combat this issue, I think it starts with sparking the conversation like we're having yeah. right now and yeah. just building an understanding and acknowledgement of the people that are doing this work, acknowledging the history and the practices that cause the inequality. Mm -hmm. And like we kind of talked about earlier, just providing accessible education to everybody to learn about these things and just start that conversation. Yeah. And you can learn in so many ways about this, sh this issue, however you like. I'm, I'm a... No, I wasn't going to curse. So like, <laughs> no, <laughs> this issue, not whatever curse word can come out of that. Um, but yeah, there's so many ways to learn about it. I personally uh, love learning about history. So I started all the way back um, as far as possible. And to me, it started with uh, Western nations coming to, to the United States and the start of globalization. Um, so I tried learning about my land that I live on. I literally live in Seminole County, yet I knew nothing about the Seminoles. And that was just such an atrocious thing for me to come to terms with that I knew nothing about the Seminoles and they're impacted by climate change as are all Native American societies and all indigenous communities. Um, so knowing the land you live on, which is so accessible to learn about, knowing about their communities, how they've been impacted, um, so much more. There's so many steps you can take in whatever areas that you're proficient in. Um, you can learn about it and work to combat it in so many ways. So. Yeah, I like that. Like, you can, like, looking at it in whatever way you enjoy. Like, if you like English, read read a book or something. If you like yeah, science. Yeah, made by like, authors of different colors, different backgrounds, right. different economic standings. Yeah. And you'll learn about yourself and you'll learn about other people. And it'll, it'll be a fun time, despite how sad some of the facts are <laughs> in some of the stories. But, yeah. Um, a term that I saw recently that I really like is a term called intersectional environmentalism. So, um both those words i'm sure if you've listened to every episode you know what they mean separately but um basically i'll just tell you what it posits so it means that we must advocate for protection of the people meaning all people and the planet by identifying ways that the injustice is happening to marginalized people and the injustice is happening to our earth are related so again it's just recognizing the interconnectedness and that you cannot separate racial justice economic justice political justice and environmental justice you cannot separate them because they are related um and that's just a, the reality of it and if you do separate it you may get some change done but it won't be real long-lasting change not to discredit anything that has happened but it's not going to help the most marginalized people so right it's like the pol the policy makers are perpetrating perpetuating like the economic influences of it which mm -hmm. just overall affects the environment like it is all connected and that is a really important thing to recognize yep i think so too so yeah all in all um what we both really stress is just understanding the nuances and the sensitivities of right. the climate movement um being aware despite the fact that we both love the climate movement as both 
as most youth do, just being aware of its own issues within it. There, there are issues within everything, and that doesn't have to be necessarily a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always going to be issues. Um, but the beautiful thing is that most people in the climate movement work to combat it. Um, like, for example, Fridays for Future uh, didn't post about Black Lives Matter uh, soon enough for a lot of people. Uh, yet when they did, they really put in the work and had sincere apologies. Right. So, yeah. And this issue can also relate back to other, like, whitewash movements, like the veganism movement. Or the is, feminist movement. Right. And veganism is kind of closely tied with climate change. as like we try to reduce meat consumption and the abuse of animals and carbon yeah. emissions. And it's like... This movement is so whitewashed it makes veganism appear inaccessible and like shoving the idea of having to be a perfect vegan when we should just do what we can and when we're able to do it. Yeah, um, a lot of people live in food deserts so they can't get fresh food and oftentimes they have to get fast food. Right. Um, And that's directly tied to race and economic standing um, and political policies. But, yeah, also the fact that there's a misconception in those communities that veganism is completely inaccessible. Um, It's not completely inaccessible if you accept it as a term that means just trying your best um, with your opportunity and privilege. Uh, But, yeah, the term itself and the idea and the concept and the reasons behind it have been whitewashed. um, And that's a really sad thing. And, yeah, that just makes me really sad. And then another example is the feminist movement. This doesn't necessarily relate to climate change but again everything is interconnected um and like women like women who have babies like i was talking about earlier are disproportionately impacted by climate change um but yeah the feminist movement its first and second wave was very very whitewashed and voices like those of angela davis and so many other amazing feminists were not recognized who are um black indigenous latinx asian whatever it is Um, they were not very much recognized by white women and white women failed to consider the fact that people have many identities and they only basically stood up for white women um, rather than women of so many different backgrounds and identities. Right, and that is really historical as well. Like back when we were fighting for the vote, like it was completely white voices that were white women that was fighting for that yeah so it's important to expand your own personal palette too like the feminists i knew were just like gloria steinem sylvia plath which are both white women and who i both love um yet i didn't know all the specific nuances of the feminist movement because i didn't look at different backgrounds um and then also with the climate change movement i knew greta thunberg jane fonda um yeah i didn't know all the amazing women and men and um everybody else you know from latin america and from asia and so many different areas who are working so hard to fight for it and i didn't know about the all the grassroots movements in the united states but rather i knew about the big whitewash ones which are still amazing all of them are so great but it's important to recognize all of them and it's like i have a hard time pronouncing a lot of these activists names but i'm glad i'm getting to know yeah activists of color activists around the world yeah because it's crazy that so many people can uh pronounce Greta Thunberg and like her last name correctly when it's like spelled yeah. Thunberg um yet can't pronounce some other people's names that are like phonetically spelled like so many African dialects especially West African are phonetic mm-hmm. so it's just however you read it it's just how you say it just like Arabic is like that too um and yet people can't pronounce their names so it's, it's important again to read their work to listen to them um and yeah because it it correlates to so many aspects of your life because 
you're going to read from different backgrounds and so many other things than just climate. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Do you have anything else to say, Lily? I do not have anything else to add. Do you? Neither do I. <laughs> so I think that's it for today. Thank you guys yeah. so, so much. We're yes. so appreciative. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, this helps us out and hopefully this helps you guys out. Yes, we love learning about it. We love sharing it with you yep. guys. Yeah, thank you so much. And see you later. See you later.